Hello. <laughs> That's either turning somebody on or creeping them out. <laughs> I. <laughs> Hi, audience. How you doing? <laughs> That's the mixture. Oh, uh, what? Yeah. Oh, okay. Here we go. <laughs> Sorry. Um, you're just spacing out a little bit. I love that music. Yes, it's 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 so fitting for the show. It is so. It it it, it literally carries me away. I swear, I just like, dun, 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 then all of a sudden you come on. And you're like, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, right. Uh, yeah, bubble, 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 bubble. Yeah. So, flying. So, today we're going to talk about flying, kid. <laughs> <laughs> because Uncle Mick, Uncle Mick has horrible experiences with flying. Oh, I mean, God. horrible experiences with flying. <laughs> First, we're going to start with my, my old man. Now, my old man, my old man was a uh, was a uh, uh, pilot trainer uh, during World. Uh, he, uh, what they would do is they, if you were a pilot at the beginning of the war, then they made you an instructor. And he was a pilot. He'd been flying all over San Bernardino. Uh, uh, as a contractor and beans is the roads weren't all that good. The contractors would fly from place to place and see how their crews were doing. Right. Mm-hmm. And so he learned how to fly and, um, world war two came out and they immediately made him into a, uh, second Lieutenant and, uh, and sent him out to the areas in the San Bernardino desert and in between, uh, there's, Zone in California, all that desert out there, they just they just literally bulldozed just massive swaths of it, just bulldozed it flat. And they uh, they would just take off hundreds and hundreds of planes in a row. I have a, a picture of him standing next to a, a, a Stinson. Uh, Stinson's were the uh, bi-wing planes that we had just before the war. That Those were our war planes. And and we remade all of our planes in a couple of years, right? Hundred thousand. I think we did a hundred thousand planes in a year, and um, and all the the old Stinsons they cut a second hole in the uh, in them <laughs> and put another seat there, and they made them trainers. <laughs> so my, you know, they put second set of controls in, and that's what my father did during the war. That and, and by the way. This is not a thing to be laughed at. More people were lost in um, in training accidents and in just transportation of planes uh, around America, uh, across the uh, the channel and stuff, than were actually lost uh, during the war to uh, actual war t- uh, festivities. Jesus. Uh, so, so it was a very dangerous job. And... <laughs> He had this baseball, and the the trainer would sit in back of the pot of the young newbie pilot, 
and he would, uh, you know, they had that tube. <laughs> You've seen that before. You know, just the tube, literally a tube that goes from uh, the instructor to the uh, recruits' headphones. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, literally, like like a tube, like air, like other. And um, and if he had a problem, um, and they froze up or or they weren't listening to what he wanted, he would take this baseball up and he would tap him on the shoulder with it. Um, see if he could get their attention. <laughs> so, so he has this enormous Swede uh, that uh, he's trying to to teach how to land, and they they, they start coming in and, and dropping down, and all of a sudden the Swede just freezes, uh, and he's got the controls, and he they're going down, and so. <laughs> my dad reaches down and grabs the baseball bat and, and he taps him a couple of times and he taps him and he taps him and he's completely frozen and terrified and just, just won't move. Won't let go of the controls, anything. And they're augering in. And so, so finally he just takes the baseball bat and he knocks the guy out <laughs> swings for the fences as it were <laughs> knocks the guy out. And he slumps forward onto the control, and 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 now the controls are completely forward all the way, and so he's in a complete dive, right? Okay. And and he's trying to pull back, but the guy was huge, and the cockpit was very small, and he had slumped forward and taken the the uh, the stick forward, and that was the best it was going to get. <laughs> <laughs> So my dad is he's freaking out, and finally he, he gets up on the dash of the plane, puts both feet on the dash, pulls back as hard as he possibly can, and just pulls it up just enough to, uh, to make kind of a landing, <laughs> losing the gear and everything, the, the uh, 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 landing gear and everything on the plane flat and bellies it up and goes right up and wipes out all of the uh, the the head uh colonel and and everybody that uh were the upper brass went right into their landing area and planes up mm-hmm. so um that's the kind of pilot my dad was <laughs> <laughs> subtle subtlety is subtlety is how i would put it so, cut to 1963, two, something like that, mm-hmm. and 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 he had an apple orchard in Washington, and we lived in San Bernardino, and so every Sunday, every uh, every summer, it was my job to ride with him to go up to the uh, apple orchard. Okay, and um. And and change the uh, all the watering, right? You know, which is like it's a huge task, but it's what it's what I did for the summers is, is I watered apple trees, and uh, it required dragging these twenty foot sections of pipe and and moving them like uh, sixty feet over. Wow! And then watering for a day, and then and then getting up, you know, at dawn and and moving them for a, an entire day. Yeah, it really sucked. 
And flying with my dad really sucked. <laughs> my, but they used to call it seat of the pants flying. <laughs> <laughs> so, so this is this is how seat of the pants flying. My dad. We used to uh, take off. He used to have a bonanza at you know the V tail plane. Mm-hmm. Um, he used to have a bonanza, and we would circle. Up out of Tri City, uh, Tri City Airport, and he would set. Um, he would basically set his, his uh, uh, get the, the controls heading north, right? Mm-hmm. And as we were getting north, he always had a bag of uh, books of um, paperback books. Uh, they were um, Louis Lemoore. That was his only author. Was Louis Lemoore. And he and they were these old westerns, right? Okay. And so he 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 had all these uh, paperback books, and, and they were in a bag in front of the passenger side, mm. and um, and he would reach in and he four or five of them, and and see if he could get see, he would put them behind the yoke, you know the 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 steering wheel, and then that's there's the yoke, and then there's and he would. He would pile these books up until he had five or six of them there until he achieved level five. <laughs> and then he, he would turn to me and he would say, if one of those books move, you wake me up <laughs> and whatever you do, don't tell your mother. <laughs> then he go to sleep. <laughs> and that's how I would fly to Washington. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Trust me when I say I learned concentration. That's down. terrifying. <laughs> that is straight up terrifying, Mick. Jesus. It was absolutely terrifying. <laughs> oh so uh, I and we landed. We had emergency landings all the freaking time because the guy, you know, just wasn't paying attention. Yeah. Um, if you were flying a small plane, you had all these gas tanks. And you know you had gas tanks in the wings, and you have them under the seat. Under the seat, you had them behind you. And you had to balance them. You would pump gas from one to the other to, uh, in order to achieve level flight, oh, right? Okay. Because if you took too much off of one wing, then it would start to, you know, go tip that direction, right? Yeah. And so, so it was like this kind of delicate ballet and delicate ballet is not something that my dad was really good at. <laughs> so he would always screw up the delicate ballet and run out. And he did this one time when I was with him, he, he ran out of gas. And the thing is you couldn't restart the motors once because the tanks were all really flat. Okay. And so, yeah, they needed to be reprimed in order to get it going again. So um, one time he runs out of gas and we're north of north of uh, Shasta Lake, I think. And you followed the freeway, you know, like you, the five freeway, you follow it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could always see it down there and you could see the lights. And, and, and there was kind of a cloud cover down and you could barely see the freeway through. So he was pretty low to the ground uh, to uh, people's taillights. And it was just getting about dust and he runs out of gas. Now, he knew that heading north on that side of the freeway, because 
you always traveled the same side of the freeway cars did mm -hmm. so that you didn't run into each other. And so, so he heading north and he knew that there were all almond trees out in there, right? Um, so he decides that he wants to, to land on the other side of the freeway, which is more um, like uh, tomato plants and stuff like that. And so he swings around and as he, he does, he goes into the fog that's down on the freeway. And we can't see anything, and he comes out, and he's coming out of the way, and he's going to try tomato field, and all of a sudden, this, all of a sudden, we come underneath the cloud cover, and there's a landing field right in front of us for um, crop, right? And he just sets it right down, <laughs> and how? Oh God, this guy is so lucky. As we're as we're Looking about a half a mile off is um, is a farmhouse, and the lights come on in the farmhouse, and, and uh, it's getting dark, and the lights come on in that farmhouse, and and we, we see a vehicle uh, turn around and come out and come down the road, <laughs> and this and we get out and we stand next to, to the plane, and this truck comes rolling up and rolling, and it's illuminating us us in the headlights as it stops, and a guy gets out of the Gets out of the truck and Verge. <laughs> what are you doing here again? <laughs> <laughs> he had actually done the same thing before. That's how. That's how Siva Pants pilot he was. He had actually run out and landed on this guy's field before, right? Wow. <laughs> and so this guy thinks that's the biggest, funniest thing he had ever. And uh, we stayed the night in his farmhouse. And, and uh, in the morning, uh, we went into town, which is the only uh, town, you know, probably for 100, 150 miles. And uh, he <laughs> we go into town and everybody's it, the, the, the cafe, which is probably only seen no more than three people mm -hmm. at a time, you know, since. uh you know, for the last 50 years um, is completely full of people who want to see the dingbat pop. And my dad just absolutely held court. Uh, he was just laughing with everybody else. <laughs> I was like, just sitting there going, wow, I am so lucky to be alive. Yeah. <laughs> because this was kind of a theme in him, you know? Yeah. And that, that style of weirdness has hung around with me for quite a while I have to say let's cut to New Zealand Ooh, I'm in New Zealand I'm crossing I'm going across town and I think I actually sent you the article about this you might have did I I sent an article about uh, uh, an airplane and a helicopter Copter hitting each other. Oh, okay. There's so here's what happens. <laughs> We're caught in traffic, which in New Zealand is kind of a weird thing. <laughs> We're going through <laughs> Auckland, <laughs> and and you know, normal to say that there's no traffic in and around Auckland at that time. Uh, this was about 1993. Uh, is an overstatement, um, but. There had been an accident on the freeway, and 
And so we're just kind of waiting. And it has the freeway has a place that's low. It goes low, and and there are overpasses for the main streets, uh, uh, you know, right above. Yeah. And we're sitting right between two of them. And I remember looking up, and I I looked up at the sky, and I was looking just as my art director was looking, and uh, and he goes, you know, notice how when sometimes you see it like two planes heading right towards each other, and they never hit each other, and they hit each other. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not kidding because I was th- finishing his thought in my head. Yeah, you know how they never hit each other? They hit, hit each, each other. <laughs> the helicopter, it was a hel- helicopter and, and uh, a plane, and both of them were, were uh, covering the accident. One of them was from a newspaper. One of them was the cops, right? Yeah. And they're covering, covering this accident. And <laughs> they hit each other. And the helicopter crumpled up in a ball and just fell right in front of it. And it fell right onto the overhead pass. Because uh, we're in two, we're in between two of them, and they're a short distance apart, right? Okay. And he lands on the pass, and both of us are like, uh, we get out of our cars because <laughs> there's there's gas spewing everywhere and it's burning. And we're like, I guess we we're thinking that we were going to run. And so we get out of the car. And as we get it, we just get out of the car, immediately look up, and we see that the plane is still up there, sort of. <laughs> it has been spinning like a top. And it slews around. And finally, it stops spinning. And we're looking right in the face of the pot. And this is like maybe maybe uh, 750 feet. Okay. I mean – literally uh think of like uh two or three football fields okay that we're and we're looking to pilot can see right in his eyes and he's just like oh and he he only has part of one wing (laughs) and he's barely got it under control and he's looking and pointed right and we're like oh wow where the hell you go now (laughs) and and he desperately is pulling up on the stick and he just pulls it up just and it and he hits the uh overpass behind us. Okay. And lands on that. And we could literally feel the fire from the helicopter in front of us and the airplane in back of us. So it literally takes us because we're witnesses. Um it takes us like three or four hours to get back to the office. And when we do we're both just sitting there completely bombed out and not even thinking about, I mean, just like, uh, and, um, <laughs> and, and the, uh, and one of the guys, I think it was the construction coordinator walks up and he said, Hey, how many police does it take to, uh, to cover a, uh, an accident in downtown Auckland? I go, eh, how many? He goes, it takes four. One to fly the plane and three in the air. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> I couldn't believe we actually beat the joke yeah. to the office. <laughs> but not by much. 
So, so that's how many people it takes to run this uh, this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> four, four, <laughs> two on the air, two in Nashville. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. So, how you doing? You're very quiet today. I am. Uh, bit of pretty busy this morning. I uh, had to pack up all my Star Wars action figures. Gonna. Kind of ran out of room in the living room, ordered a new bookcase to put uh, all my collectibles on and realized that maybe I shouldn't have Stormtrooper helmets and Darth Vader helmets laying on the floor. And the giant action figure collection that I have might be a little bit too much for my little ass living room. So I spent all the morning (laughs) packing up my beloved Star Wars figures to put them in the (laughs) attic. And it was hard for me to do. I'm going to I might I don't want to choke up on air, but I'll tell you what. Cheers. (laughs) Tears, tears, doll, tears, tears. <laughs> it's okay. I got a bunch of cool stuff coming, and it's on its way. So I'm excited to see what everything looks like, and hopefully, I'm I'm as pleased with it as I'm expecting to be. Do you have any kids, or do you just have helmets? Two kids. <laughs> two kids. Ooh, two kids and helmets. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, so anyway, yeah, uh, my life has 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 circled around uh, pilots, and and I have always spent um, as much time as possible not being any, anywhere near the. Um, my my sister died uh, in a plane wreck because she was yes. a pilot too. Um, and I, and I have to say this, I I went to her uh, funeral, and mm-hmm. and her funeral w- was um. It was an affair that probably was evenly split between pilots and film people. Okay. And uh it was it was such a weird affair. I mean, uh I I think the film people would get up and, and say, you know, I met CJ and we were working on um uh, we, we were working on Nightmare Elm Street three together. And uh, you know, she was she was just the sweetest painter and blah blah blah. And it would go on and on. And then the pilots would, <laughs> then a pilot would step up. A pilot would say, I met CJ. Uh, we, uh, we, we were just landing doing a three, two, three out of bar stuff. And um, man, I, I got to tell you, both of us, uh, we, we went through the same IRC training. And uh, oh, she had a, a, a 90-46 score on the C-86 test. And oh, man, what a, what a, <laughs> <laughs> And, and I began to think to myself that um, that there are differences in people. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not all alike. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, yeah. Piloting has 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 been such this uh, the force. By the way, that thing in New Zealand. Two weeks after that, um, I had to get into a, uh, an airplane and fly eighteen hours back to the United States. Really? Uh, which was really, really hard to consider that uh, all the time I was looking at um, this uh, little tiny blip that was uh, that was moving along in front of enormous empty space called the Pacific Ocean on this map that was <laughs> right in front of us. And I was like, <laughs> holy crap, really? I have to look at that? After seeing that accident, I have to look at that for the entire, <laughs> the entire 18 hours of the flight? Us just <laughs> crawling? Across the Pacific with no chance of like getting a message out. Yeah. Ah! <laughs> yeah. Fuck that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Boy, it's uh, oh, oh, oh. 
My first yeah, time flying of. was on one of those uh, two story planes. Oh, yeah. The uh, the old 747s. Yeah, it's 15 minutes into the flight. Uh, I threw up in the aisle way and it sat there the entire <laughs> fucking what the entire fucking flight. And it smelled so bad. <laughs> I know they had the bag. But whenever I went to open the bag, somebody stuck their gum in it, and I couldn't open the bag, so I just puked in the aisle way. Wow, there you go. And they're like, why the fuck did you puke in the bag? And I was like, somebody put gum in it, and I couldn't open it. That's <laughs> the perfect storm. Oh, wow. I, uh, I, was, uh, I was flying outside out of... Um, I got stuck in Mazatlan one time. Uh, I was doing, I was uh, location scouting for um, a film called Walker. Okay. Texas Ranger. And, uh, and we, uh, what was that? Walker, Texas Ranger. No. God, no. <laughs> God, oh, no. He God, says. no. Oh, God, no. Oh, my God. What, what do you think I am? <laughs> D- uh, it was an Alex Cox film. Okay. Alex Cox is the guy who did Repo Man and Sid and Nancy. Oh, okay. I I I was the art director on Sid and Nancy. Where Not the know? production designer, but the art director. But anyway, back. So yes. so I get I'm stuck in Mazatlan and um <laughs> and they they're they're kind of working on the airport in a way, but <laughs> they had this way of dealing with with people now, Aero Mexico was Air Mexicana was uh, their uh, premium airline. That's okay. the one that flew in and out. That's Mexico's premium airline. And then they had this other, uh, this kind of in country uh, called Aero in country. Uh, uh, ah, what do they call it? A uh, company called Aero Mexico. Now, uh, uh, or it was called, yeah, it's called Aero Mexico. Aero Mexico was the scariest, uh, the scary thing to fly in the, in the world. Uh, I'm given a, uh, I'm given a ticket. Um, and I, and then they put us all on a pin and I mean, literally a pin. It was like literally just kind of, uh, you know, uh, chain and, there seemed to be an awful lot of people in this chain link and uh, everybody's kind of look at each other and kind of like figure math out. Yeah. When this little tiny, pl- <laughs> little tiny 727 lands <laughs> and four or five people get out of it. And, and all of a sudden everybody starts looking at each other and, and doing the math. Right. Yeah. And uh, math wasn't lo- looking good. <laughs> And so they opened the gate and literally everybody who had a brain in their head made a sprint for the plane. Nice. And I mean, all of us are just running for the plane. And we're up the ladder and I land in a chair and I swear there was no stewardesses to be found. or, or no. And quickly, quickly, the, the flight filled up and we found out where the stewardesses were. They were in the back and they linked arms and just pushed forward and pushed everybody that hadn't gotten a seat out of the plane. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so 
so then as we're flying along, uh, the, uh, the, the, uh, dehumidifier for the air conditioning system broke. Oh no. And so, oh, and no. so it started, and so it started to rain. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> it literally, you know, that rounded, that little rounded, uh, part, uh, of the, the bulwark, you know, where the, the door, you know, the doors put your bag behind up, right? Yeah. 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 That rounded, that rounded se- section became the condenser for all the moisture. Oh, <laughs> and it literally my. just rained off of the, off of the edge of that was, it was raining cats and dogs. And, uh, and so in a truly, truly Mexican, um, uh, solution to the problem, the, uh, stewardesses came down and started to pat, um, Kleenexes up against the wet. So oh God. just 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 stick them on the wet so that they would soak it up. Yeah. But then they immediately got wet and it started to snow. Oh no. All the paper pulp. It was hilarious. It was the weirdest just just little stuff like that all the time. Yeah. I, I um I've had good time in there. Good times <laughs> in the air. So um and and that brings to mind good times in the air. I mean, uh, brings to mind this little trivial. Oh, here trivial we go. one. Okay. <laughs> so, sister, my sister was a pilot. Yes. And um, I'm going to be honest. I never flew with her. By the time she got her pilot's license, I was off of airplanes as much as possible. Um, I certainly wasn't going to go up there. <laughs> Yeah, just for the sake, just for the sake of it, <laughs> <laughs> I I knew all the, <laughs> and so she had an accident, um, and flew up underneath another airplane, uh, what? and crashed in the hills above uh, Calabasas. Yeah, and um. That it was tragic and all the rest of that, and and I went through a great deal of you know reorganizing my life when she was gone, and and it was like I had gotten a little bit too old to be working you know in the film business, and 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 I moved up here and retired, mm-hmm. and so I'm in Washington, I'm in this place called Kennewick, and uh, Kennewick is at the cross where. Of uh, at the crossroads of nowhere, and I don't want to go. Um, <laughs> and it 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 would be defined as nowhere if you could find it to call it knows what nowhere. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> I discovered that they have a film festival. So the first <laughs> the year that they had the film festival, and this is about three years after my uh, two maybe two and a half years after my sisters act uh i get pegged to 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 be a guest at of honor at this film and you know it's it's like maybe a hundred people all uh, you know and and they're showing the main films and i'm up to judge them right Mm -hmm. and so i'm sitting and they're having like the run through of the film and they have um, at the very end of this one that's about animal rescue. Mm-hmm. 
it, it's about animal rescue in Los Angeles, right? Yes. And I'm sitting right next to the guy who did this film. Now, I'm not kidding. You would think that this is you're going to think that this is total bullshit, but this absolutely happened. OK, <laughs> so I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm watching this film and they're telling this story about the, these horses. And, and and I'm not, not really paying attention because to tell you the truth, film festivals to me are the boringest things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, they're OK, but the thing is, is it's just too many. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I, I just cannot watch that many films and care, you know? Yeah. And, and and I'm way past caring. And I'm like just kind of sitting there and I'm kind of like nodding in places. And the guy the guy who made the film is just the nicest guy in the world. And he's sitting right next to me. And um and this is almost at the end of the film. And he starts to talk about these horses. These horses in, in Cal Southern California. And there was a fire, and it was in the Calabasas Mountains, right? Okay. And he just happened to be there with his crew following this animal rescue group, and they go up to rescue these horses from this fire. And as they pull back, you can see that the fire is the fire that my sister's plane created when it crashed right next to the barn in Calabasas. Wow. And I'm not kidding. I kind of like look and, and there's, there's the, the firemen are trying to put the plane out, mm -hmm. which is kind of a smudge that's right next to the barn that, that he's filming that is getting the horses out and they're not talking about the pilot or the or the uh co-pilot of the plane at all who obviously died and they're just talking about the horses and how many horses died and the rest of that and and i'm what? just blown away and i stand up and i try to get out of the theater and then i realize that it is literally Literally the last thing, and they roll credits, and the lights come up. Now I'm standing there next to the guy who made the film, and and everybody starts to clap, and I'm trying to get out of the theater, and he stops me and goes, "No, no, no, man, you you, you got to see this. They're gonna have you." And I go, "Well, look, I'm really, I'm, and I don't even know what I felt. I I was just confused and screwed up, and just like." And he um, he keeps he keeps trying to get in front of me as I try to keep get up the aisle. <laughs> and finally, and, and finally, he goes, "Listen," he says, "Oh, he he says your sister was there. She's that that's great. You can tell her that you met me." <laughs> I go, "I can't tell her anything. She was dead right next to you." <laughs> oh my. Yeah, that's wow. my association. Wow. That's Let's go fly a kite <laughs> to the high. And this is from a guy who every night when he was a kid, my, my, da my dad used to set, send us to bed with a rousing uh, chorus of um, of the Air Force song. Yes. You know, uh, uh 
Say hi, holler to sing it to us, Mick. <laughs> oh, I wish I let's see if I can remember it. Uh, and, and let's see. Now I've now I've only got the kite in my right. Yeah. Um. Anyway, anyway, that's uh. So that's how my my association with flying over the um has has never gotten better. Although I have an interesting fact that I don't think that uh it, very few people know, but I happen to have a, a friend who was a pilot uh in World War II. Okay. Uh, and he died not long ago, and and I used to go over and hang out at his house uh, down in down uh, Palace Ridge, down where I used to live. And um, he used to he used to fly the B twenty four. Yes, that that's the that's not the B seventeen was the really pretty one, and the B twenty four was the big four engine um, looked like a they called it the uh, flying box car, and Ford was the one that made all or made most of them they were made by two different companies they were made i think north american aviation made three years or 400 of them and ford made 2500 and uh he actually flew both and he had this comment about them he said you know he said that the north american aviation versions of the flying uh, the b24 liberator um they flew like dreams mm. But it used to have a reputation of being a really bad flying plane, he says, because the Ford ones flew really. However, he says, and I have to give them their due. The Ford ones had much more comfortable seats. <laughs> <laughs> North North America, the North American aviation ones, were two pieces of plywood with uh, foam and rubber over them. But he says, man, I got to tell you, Ford really made great looking seats, you know, for having to struggle with the plane. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's that's me and fly. How do you like it? Oh, that was very interesting. You got <laughs> stories for days. Story time with Uncle Mick. Uh <laughs> Story time with Uncle Mick. That's that's all this was. This is this was me getting rid of rear of uh, uh flight stories we need to make we, this we, a production at this point like get you a nice like um like a red robe and maybe like a nice high back chair have you like cross your legs and smoke a pipe while you tell your flight <laughs> stories right <laughs> oh, absolutely absolutely I, I i i i gotta tell you something i have always that um and and my problem is is that I'm not 100 percent sure that i have a character arc <laughs> uh, i i've always thought that um my dad's life fading into my life would be an interesting film. Okay. You know, just a, just a, a, a weird film for sure. You know, a, uh, because I have a the feeling that he had something. He had the best kind of weird. I have a <laughs> feeling that he had uh, a lot of the same that, that, you know, if you look for the, if you look for the weird um, and you're ready to uh, give it a cup of coffee, uh it will lead you around yeah uh, i i think that both of us had that kind of point of view of life okay so the weird is still leading me around my dad's yeah, I more i well, was in the military hello? as well uh he was in the navy he's kind of the no bullshit get to the point type of guy yeah yeah he's do it now do it now don't fuck around yeah do it now <laughs> like my, my entire life <laughs> see i, I my dad was a kind of kind of a, a quiet person that just did all the weirdness that he wanted, yeah, and, and did, didn't much ask anybody else about their opinion of things. Yeah, which I mean, come on, you've met me. 
The <laughs> <laughs> same guy. <laughs> I feel you. So, what was the weird word I told you? We're just gonna we're gonna talk about the weird word for a second. The one that I can't can't pronounce. So, yes, that word. Go ahead. Sedatic sedatic masking. Sedatic masking. Yes, I just learned that this week. I I learned sedatic masking. Would you and like? It's the, so interesting. Uh, no, no. I, yeah. Oh, I, did you have the definition? Yes, I have some information. Uh, also known as visual suppression. In the phenomenon in visual perception, where the brain selectively blocks visual processing during eye movements and in such a way that neither the motion of the eye and subsequent motion blur of the image nor the gap in visual perception is noticeable to the viewer. The phenomenon was first described by Erdman and Dodge in 1898 when it was noticed during an unrelated experiment that an observer cannot could never see the motion of their own eyes. This can easily be duplicated by looking into a mirror. Looking from one eye to another, the eyes can never be observed in motion, yet an external observer clearly sees the motion of the eyes. The phenomenon is often used to help explain a temporal illusion by the name of chronostasis, which uh, momentarily occupies following a rapid eye movement. Right. Um, So for 40 minutes a day, you can't see. And you don't know it. And... Here's the here's the really cool way that you can get an idea of how it would look if you could see all the time through your eye move. If you have you ever swirled your eyes around, you yeah. know, just spin your eyes. Doing it right now. <laughs> okay, when you spin your eyes, for some reason it goes outside of the realm of that vision, and you can actually see the world blur in front of you. Right? Yeah. Here's the thing. If you could, if your eyes operated like that all the time, that's what you would see in between every little tiny fracture eye movement. You would see that blur. Okay, and that would drive you insane. Drive you bananas. Uh, <laughs> Absolutely, drive you bananas. Yeah, but but you know what? It it also explains something else. It explains uh, how a, a magician understands that. Um, magicians and filmmakers, we understand these uh, how these moments of clarity and moments of blindness work. I mean, it's kind of kind of what motion is is built on in 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 film in general. Uh, uh, the memory of 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 uh, perception. Um, yeah, see if I can remember what it's called. Uh, the pauses in in vision that make it so that you can, can look at uh, film frames and uh, persistence of vision. That's what makes it. That's what makes you able to see things one frame at a time and make them make sense to uh, form a movie in your head. Wow. Okay. <laughs> this 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 whole thing is just very intricate, and they have <laughs> it is. You're, Vision and perception are amazing things. And next week, what we're going to get into is we're going to get into uh, effects and how different effects work uh, and, and how uh, particularly in-camera effects work. Um, okay. If you've ever heard that old, if you've ever heard the old phrase, um, we did it with mirrors. I'm going to explain 
how that happens, and you will be blown away. I have done some amazing things uh, with mirrors and uh, with a little bit of glass and a little bit of paint and all kinds of weird little tricks. So be prepared for a longer episode next week. Uh, We should probably call that more effect stories than you can handle. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to call this one the wrong stuff. <laughs> I was thinking uh, stor- uh, story time with Uncle Mick or uh, flying stories with Uncle Mick. Something uh, Flying uh, stories with Uncle Mick. Well, uh, <laughs> the wrong stuff w- with Uncle Mick uh, invokes uh, – the the flying yes uh what well, it was a uh, shepherd that came up with the uh the moniker the right stuff okay well it will be called the wrong st- the wrong the stuff wrong stuff with with mick with uncle <laughs> uncle mick <laughs> there you go <laughs> he's a weird uncle <laughs> yeah well yeah yeah that weird not that weird uncle <laughs> <laughs> yeah he, he's the one that like gives you gifts not the one that takes you into the bedroom and does pickle tickle time uh <laughs> right that's <laughs> yeah that's a whole other story speaking of that i have a joke for you uh i've been telling this to everyone it's it's great have you ever heard the tequila ten dollar story no okay so a man walks into a bar Uh, He sits down and he notices this jar full of $10 bills. And he asks the bartender, he says, uh, what's the the jar for? He says, well, there's a challenge. He says, you have to do three tasks after you pay $10 and then you get to keep the whole jar of money. And he says, well, what's the tasks? He said, well, the first task is, is you have to drink this entire bottle of tequila without making a face. He said, okay, what's the second one? He said, the second one, there's this dog out back with a sore tooth and you have to get it out. Okay, and what's the third one? There's a 93-year-old woman upstairs who's never had an orgasm in her life. You need to make that happen. He said, whoa, whoa, whoa. He's like, I don't think I can do this. Uh, so, But this was after he already gave him his 10 bucks. So he's sitting and he's thinking, he's drinking a little bit. And man, I could really use that money. So he goes back up and says, let's do this. Grabs the tequila, downs it, doesn't make a face. So then he goes out back, everybody's staring at him, and all of a sudden they hear screaming, they hear the dog barking, squealing, and all of a sudden it gets silent, you know? So everybody's staring at the door, and he walks through, his shirt's all ripped, and he goes, now where's the old lady with the sore tooth? (laughs) (laughs) See what happened there? See, that was a communication. All of us at one time or another have communication problems. Let's yeah. face it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> also, my grandfather told me one uh, today. Uh, hamburger walks into a bar. Uh, bartender looks at him and says, sorry, we don't serve food here. <laughs> wow these are grandpa jokes yes oh my grandpa Every these are time dad we- jokes oh my god yes. i've fallen into a world in which it's okay to dad jokes <laughs> welcome uh, to the rabbit hole podcast featuring god you, you're the worst <laughs> you're the worst uh, speaking of rabbit so, holes uh hey, how's rabbit hole doing by the way oh i can check that out right now speaking before we get to the analytics of things, 
Speaking of rabbit hole, just a little friendly reminder that the Rabbit Hole Podcast is part of the Dewback Discussion Podcast Network, featuring other great podcasts such as the Dewback Discussion Podcast, Gore and More Podcast, uh, Wicked Wednesdays, and Hall of Heroes, Jerk the Curtain, Dream Warrior Review, Dream Warrior Review, <laughs> and yeah. Uh, Find all of our podcasts on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and of course, the lovely dobackdiscussion.net, your source for everything pop culture and much more. And head over to our Tee Public store where you can find our wonderful t-shirts, including the Rabbit Hole t-shirt. The with, Rabbit Hole t-shirt. Yes. All proceeds uh, are donated to Shriners Children's Hospital. Because uh, that's how we roll around here. Yeah. So how so how's how how are we doing? Pulling it up right now. We are at 486 subscribers. Wow. Wow. Come on, people. Pony up. <laughs> These are rookie numbers. <laughs> These are rookie numbers. It's like we just started. You know it's funny. Oh. So we have what three episodes, including this one? Yeah. Okay. We have yeah, this is the this is the third third or fourth. I don't know. Not Something to like not to bash our friends in Hall of Heroes, but they're on their 20th episode and they only have 976. So let's put that in perspective. Oh, we're going to smoke those <laughs> oh, guys. Right. Also, Jerk the Curtain has four and we have 512. So <laughs> I think Hall of, as we call them, the Hall of Zeros, uh, they need to step it up. Jared Bachman Stubbs. Come on, guys. Spencer Simpson. This is a challenge to you. <laughs> By the end of the year, whoever has the most subscribers. Huh? What, what could it be, Mick? What could it be? Oh, what could it be? Uh, uh, doesn't who, whoever gets the most subscribers doesn't have to take a copy of my book. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I need to tell him to listen to this now. He's going to get so pissed that we called him. <laughs> <laughs> Call them out. <laughs> it was messing. We were messing with him all day yesterday. He posted these pictures of the Fourth of July celebration, and it's like him holding two sparklers together, right? <laughs> and it's like it looks like a fucking sixteen-year-old girl took the photos. Like it's <laughs> it's something that you'd post in middle school. Oh, oh, this just ragging on him so hard about everything, and he kept posting like really patriotic stuff. I'd be like, aren't you, aren't you like a hardcore liberal? Isn't that like not enough socialism for you? <laughs> Fuck you. Fuck you. That's not how it works. <laughs> oh, I just love getting them fired up. Also, there have, you, you go. have you heard about Midsummer? Uh, the, the movie Midsummer. Yes. Ari Aster's. What did I, I, I barely heard anything about it. So it's the same guy that made Hereditary. And I guess it's part of this like same universe trilogy. I guess it's like super like trippy and it involves like crazy blood rituals. Really? Yeah. I, I, the, all the reviewers are going into so what it you, and they're like, so what, what the you, fuck? <laughs> what you're saying. So what you're saying is, is the 10 minutes. Basically, it's the last 10 minutes of. Of heredity expanded. Yes, that's just embarrassing. Apparently, the ending that, of the film is fucking with people. Is what they're saying. <laughs> well, yeah, because you know what I really wanted to see more, more of the last ten minutes of her. <laughs> <laughs> you know what we need in this world? 
You we need the last <laughs> ten minutes of ready, ready again, <laughs> but for two hours until <laughs> until they get it right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what these people were looking into. I saw the plot synopsis and shit, and they're like, oh, let's go to a party that they only have every 93 years. That's a really <laughs> weird That's a really weird thing to say, every 93 years. Like, and there's something spe- very specific about that. Oh, and it's also part of, like, a very, like, segregated community that, like, lives away from everybody else. So you're sitting there thinking, maybe, is this a good, are they a cult? No, they can't you- be a cult. <laughs> uh- <laughs> Do you have to bring blood? Uh, do you have to bring blood? It's, it's kind of like uh, it's kind of like going to the Manson Ranch and then not expecting to go crazy. Uh, you know yes. what I mean? It's like, oh, he's a nice guy. Uh, like three weeks later, you're standing in Sharon Tate's driveway. Uh, uh, <laughs> like, ooh. Ooh. Speaking of uh, Sharon Tate, did you see the Once Upon a Time in Hollywood trailer? The Quentin Tarantino's I, last film? I've, yeah, I've seen a couple of them and they, they look amazing. Yes. And the thing is, is I am... I, that comes from a guy who is so tired of the only thing that anybody talks about regarding 60s movies is or, or 60s Hollywood always has something to do with that massacre, right? Okay. That really bothers me. There had to have been something else, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Other than Manson. So we'll just see how this one turns out. Yes. Uh, do you actually think it's Quint- Quentin Tarantino's last movie? Uh, no. No. He says 10 and I'm out, but. No, no. no. I saw I, I, I saw that, you know. Um, uh, There's what two, is he? Like he he's supposed to be doing a, uh, a Star Trek movie from what I saw, like a gritty, dirty Star Trek movie. Yeah, it, well, you know, of course, that that at least doubled his fee, right? Yeah, of course. So, <laughs> so wow, what a shocker! Hmm, that's like that's like a Kiss doing a farewell tour. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. That's the thing is, is uh, I later earlier last year I missed a the final Slayer tour, right? Uh, I got food poisoning the day before from a Chinese restaurant. Fucking horrible. Uh, it was always my mission since I was little to see the big four thrash metal bands. Uh, I've already seen Megadeth and Anthrax, and I really wanted to see Slayer. Right. So I missed the show, everything. Boo-hoo, boo-hoo me. And then they announce part two of the tour and part three. And I'm like, <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> it's they're as bad as motley crew at this point like honestly <laughs> this is our final well, show well nah, actually three tours from now is our final show but you, you yeah know. well yeah what can you know what maybe we'll sell a lot more if we say this is our final yeah final, yeah our next one is our final <laughs> final uh uh, uh, podcast, a final yeah. episode. It's That's like the it. Friday the Thirteenth syndrome. Uh, the final chapter, it's the final four and out. <laughs> yeah, four, yeah, the final. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, so, I'd, I'd say that's that's all we have for the, this round. That's hole. it. I, I I'm done. Done tapping out. Well, uh, as always, this is your host TJ Bowser, joined by the legendary Mick Strong, and we'll catch you on the next one. Sure, we will. Bye. And- you didn't say stay weird. <laughs> stay weird, Portland. <laughs> <laughs>